Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. I'm always in the market place for talent, great ideas, inspiring stories. And today I'm happy to introduce Richard Rosser. He's a filmmaker. He's an author, storyteller. He's been working on hit TV shows such as all that we're familiar with, Grey's Anatomy, Chicago Med, MacGyver, you know, 24. Uh, We're going to talk about storytelling, artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, and I'm really excited for this. So Richard, welcome. Thank you very much, Chris. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, tell people, you know, your story, uh, how you got started, and we'll delve right into it. Well, uh, so I, I'm a storyteller at heart. Uh, I learned from the best, my father. Uh, he was an amazing raconteur. And uh, so from an early age, four, five, six years old, I would hear him tell jokes and stories around the dinner table uh, and on outings and just just got to love the, the the process of telling a story and so i ultimately I, I i grew up in oklahoma i went to college in virginia to a very small liberal arts college and they had one film course now this is back uh this is a, a few years back before the uh, uh zeitgeist of, of film production became the thing at colleges so they had one film course i took it and um during that course i made this short animated movie it was a black and white a three-minute animated movie, and it was claymation about a chess game, and it it turned out pretty well. So my professor said, "Hey, you should enter this in some contests," and I did, and it ultimately ended up winning a student academy award, <laughs> which <laughs> I sort of went, "What?" And um, so that I, I thought, "Wow, if they think I have some talent, maybe I should really pursue this." So I got accepted to NYU grad film and moved to New York and went to grad school at NYU in grad film and then joined the film business. And uh, I moved out to Los Angeles about uh, 15 or 20 years ago and got in the TV business because I got tired of traveling and being on the road. And uh, I've been in the TV business ever since. And like you said, I've worked on Grey's Anatomy, MacGyver 24, a show called This Is Us that that, uh, was popular for uh, the past, well, seven years or six years. And all those stories that I've worked on on those TV shows have helped influence my approach to storytelling. And so originally I was telling stories professionally and I was working on these TV shows and feature films and commercials. And then I realized that storytelling is really powerful uh, on an everyday basis. 
And I read a statistic a couple of weeks ago that said everything, that, the way we communicate, 85% of the way we communicate is through story. And I thought that can't be, it can't be 85%. And then I thought about it and it's incredible when you, when you step back objective, objectively and think about how many stories you tell a day or how much, how, how you communicate through narrative, it, it is, it's, it's 80, 85%. And so I've become, I feel like a, a story evangelist. I go out and I say, story's the way, right? It's the way we communicate. It's the way we connect with folks. It's the way we create and maintain relationships. And so I've transitioned from my storytelling as a filmmaker and working on TV shows to really helping folks become storytellers, even though they may not consider themselves a storyteller because storytelling is really at the base of, of all of our communication. Yeah, I love that. And especially, uh, I think filmmakers, authors, you know, people in the industry really understand the power of storytelling. And, um, you know, we can, we're going to talk about storytelling and leadership, but we can always hear, you know, leaders telling stories and inspiring people, motivating mm -hmm. people. Uh, so, Talk about, you know, storytelling, communication in this digital age, very fickle, very unpredictable, uncertain in leadership. Well, I think one of the one of the most important and powerful facets of storytelling for a leader is the ability to connect with who you're telling the story to, whether you're telling the story to folks who are working for you or you're telling the story to an audience of potential clients story has that ability to connect you and it, it, let's step a, step back objectively a second um so a lot of a lot of the folks who are listening to this are you know have have degrees in medicine or, doc, or doctors and so let let's talk a second about the brain science behind storytelling we've been telling stories as human beings for ten thousand some odd years and so that has created series of brain activity that actually revolve around storytelling. And there are all sorts of theories and, and psychological uh, tenets that, that talk about the science behind story. And, and the, one of the main ones is called narrative transport. Now, Chris, have you ever heard of narrative transport? Do you know, do you know what that phrase means? Uh, no, that's why that I'm always in the marketplace for new ideas. Right. Well, well, what I love to do is I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like when I teach and I'm doing a workshop, I, you know, I, I love to teach via the Socratic method. So it's always interesting to me to, to get someone else's take on something as we're just starting to explore it. But, but basically, the uh, narrative transport concept is think about if you, if you read a book, right? So you, say you're reading uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. And you're reading and, you, and, and you're, you, know, you, you go through the wardrobe and you end up in Narnia and you get sucked into this world or Harry Potter. I mean, any really any any book or movie or comic book, you get sucked into this world and you're reading or you're watching and you get to the point where everything else just falls away. Right? You're reading this book and you've just gone through the wardrobe and you're in Narnia, your, your beeper's going off and your pizza is burning and the doorbell's ringing because you've got an Amazon delivery and nothing else, and nothing else matters because you're in Narnia, right? And, and so that's the concept of narrative transport is when we get to the point where everything else just falls away. For instance, if, um, if I'm speaking with or to an audience, 
with an audience, really, right? Uh, and, I, and I'm talking about concepts of storytelling. And, and when I have them, it's like being in the zone. If you're, if you're a sports, if you're, you know, if you play sports or if you're a sports fanatic, it's, it's, it's like being in the zone, right? You get to that point where you and your audience are there. No one's thinking about, oh, I got to check my text. No one's thinking about their drive home. You're not thinking about, oh, I have a meeting later on in the afternoon. It, it, everything just falls away. And so the ideal situation you can get to in terms of story and storytelling is to get to the point where you're transporting your audience. And even again, even if that's one person, to a point where everything else just it, it, it falls away, right? And so th that is one of the main concepts that I discuss in all my seminars and, and workshops that I, that I work with students, Chris, in terms of realizing the power of story. And the, the idea of attaining narrative transport is where we, it's, it's sort of like if you're meditating and you, you vacillate between uh, thinking about things and then you go, wait a second, I'm thinking. I got to stop thinking and, and you purge all that, right? And then you, you get to another point two minutes later and you think, oh my gosh, I'm thinking it again. My brain's going, okay, I'm going to purge. And it's, it's that point at where you reach, okay, I'm not thinking about anything. Well, in, in storytelling, that's a similar kind of concept. And, and there are other supporting psychological theories and, and concepts that support narrative transport. There's neurocoupling, where a speaker can be speaking or a story can be playing, and all of a sudden the viewer becomes one with that situation. So from a leadership standpoint, leaders are trying to harness the power of storytelling, connect with their audience. And again, whether, whether you're trying to sell something or you're trying to train someone or you're trying just to connect with someone and give them an experience. I mean, a lot of, a lot of TV is just purely for entertainment, right? You're, you're trying to connect with the audience and get them to understand your situation and go on this journey with you. Yeah, I love that. Um, and what's interesting is because you're talking about like, um, especially with communication, it's all about the uh, it's not just the words, but it's the it's the emotions and, you know, what you're describing. The other. Uh, that's so true, Chris. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why films, documentaries are so much more powerful, you know, seminars, you know, great mm -hmm. speaker. One thing is uh, talking about, especially with this um Especially, I think the, you know, Netflix and all of these streaming services kind of upended Hollywood, the kind of the trend. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but now we have AI now, which is like, that's even mental upon like, you know, compounding. So tell us about, you know, AI enhanced storytelling for compelling content. So, so what Chris is referring to everyone is, is I've, I've created a concept that's called AI enhanced storytelling. Now, what the heck does that mean? AI enhanced storytelling? It sounds very highfalutin and it's very simple. Um, so I've been, I've been doing school assemblies with students and I've, and I've been doing workshops with corporations and, and, and doctors and folks like you who are trying to harness story. And I've been doing those for years. And it's always about story at the service of communication. And back in January, I, I got asked to come to, I grew up in Oklahoma. And so I got asked to come to a career tech school there. And a career tech school is, it's sort of like, you know, the old Votech schools where, 
you know, students learn how to fix uh, air conditioners or auto cars or whatever. But now they're updated, so they're career tech schools. And so they have programs in programming and animation and aeronautics manufacturing. I mean, just crazy, crazy, incredible stuff. And so they said, hey, we want you to come and we want you to do a series on storytelling for all of our students who, who were here at the tech school. And so as I was doing that, I thought, all right, I, you know, I'm, I'm fairly technically minded, but I really need to take a deep dive. And someone at, the, at that point had said, you know, hey, you should check out ChatGPT. It's great for researchers, it's great for brainstorming. And so I jumped on and I, you know, typed in, okay, I'm going to give a speech or a workshop uh, to a career tech school. What are some things I should keep in mind? And all of a sudden, boom, it generated this response. And I sort of I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, I have to say, Chris. Um, and, uh, and I realized this tool is incredible for all sorts of layers with regard to storytelling. So as I was gearing up for this workshop, I started researching and organizing and outlining the workshops. And, and then I even, I even did some content creation for this, this workshop that I was doing. And it was incredible because I could go in, for instance, Chris, a lot, a, a lot of people who are very technically oriented, right? Programmers or scientists, or they, they think that they don't need storytelling because it's all about the tech. But those folks are actually the folks that need, need the storytelling the most. And we won't tell them that, but they do, right? Because ultimately, when you have a very technical concept that you're trying to get across to someone, and they don't understand the jargon or the language that you're using, it can be really difficult and it can also feel very abstract. And so, so the, the best thing to do is take a technical explanation and transform it into an experience. So what I did was I, I took ChatGPT and I thought, okay, I'm going to be doing this, this seminar. And I thought, I want to do a breakout session. And I, and, and I was, again, I'm talking to a, a lot of technically minded folks. And so I created this breakout session where I created a technical description, again, with the help of my favorite research assistant, Chat. And uh, the first one I did was I, I had it come up with a technical description of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. And it went something, it was, and, I, and it was 50 words or less. And I, and I, it's basically said something like, we're sitting in the concert hall. This concert is an orchestra, a symphony for a large orchestra in four parts. The first part, the Scherzo, is in A-flat minor with repeating motifs. And, and everyone, you know, I, I could see in the audience as I'm reading this thing, that everyone's eyes just sort of glaze over, right? <laughs> and, and I get to the end, and it says, uh, and there was a round of applause, and and I said, okay, hey everyone, I've got an extra ticket to go see this concert. And I didn't say it was Beethoven's fifth. I said, I've got an extra ticket to go see this concert. Who wants to go with me? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> and I said, why? What, we're gonna go see Beethoven's fifth. And they said, oh, it's Beethoven's fifth? We, I, I had no idea because of all this technical jargon that was used to describe it in this, in this description. And then I, I had ChatGPT write another version. It was an experiential version. And then of course, I took it and added my own little bits and pieces here and there. And it started off with, we were seated and all of a sudden the thunderous beginning came. It bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and then 
the motif repeated, bum, 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 and then it went into a very light and airy section. And then we ended up, oh my gosh, the, the cavernous ending, and then the, the two-minute applause, standing ovation. And after reading that, I said, okay, now who wants to go with me? I've got an extra ticket. And every hand in the room went up. And I said, well, okay, what was the difference? And everyone said, well, the first one was just boring. You know, you're talking about A flat minor and scherzo and repeating motif. I, I didn't even understand what the heck you were talking about. And the second one, I felt like I was sitting there with you in the chair as this whole concert was playing. And even thinking about it now, I get, I get a, a shiver sort of goes down my spine as I, as I do the bum, 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 right? And because we can all sort of sense and feel what it's like to be in that concert hall. Again, we've got narrative coupling, right? Because, okay, Chris, have you ever been to a concert at, at, uh, at a concert hall? Oh, yeah. Of course, right? And so I'm tapping into that shared experience that you and I both have, you as an audience member and me as a speaker. And so ultimately, I was able to use ChatGPT or AI as a tool and 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 well it, we'll we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about some other facets of it in a second but but i view ai and chat gpt specifically simply as a tool just like a mathematician would use a calculator or some sort of a you know, computer program to help them scale their ideas to the point where they can build a rocket ship spacex and and you know and put satellites in space and so what what i'm doing is is working to help folks take this technology and use it to create stories, to create content, to brainstorm outside the box in ways we never would have thought before, right? Because we have this tool that can help us. And so ultimately I get it, I get really, really, I mean, you can sort of tell my passion and my excitement about, it's really about the story and storytelling, but it's about having this new tool that we can all use to heighten and amplify our creativity, our individualism, uh, our originality through story. Uh, awesome. Yeah, fascinating. It's, it's really going to, you, you talk about um, uh, not replacing, but actually enhancing, which um, how can people contact you, follow you, you know, check out your social media, you know, check out your website? The best way to get a hold of me is my website. And it's very simple. It's AI. And uh, or if you want to email me, it's Richard at AIExplained.ai. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, but but you you hit something there, Chris. It's you hit it, which is this is just a tool that helps us all create better. I deal with a lot of educators, and there it's it's a polarizing topic right now because a lot of people all they can think about when they hear AI or ChatGPT specifically, okay, this is going to help my students cheat, and that, and and that and that's where they go to first because. That's what their experience is with it. And so I'm trying to get past that. I mean, in my mind, okay, a cheater's gonna cheat, right? And whether you have the internet, you can download papers or essays, or you've got ChatGPT or AI, the folks who want to cheat and are going to cheat, they're gonna use whatever means they can, whether it's old school of writing, you know, writing answers down on their palm and, and looking at it during, uh, during the test. A cheater is gonna cheat. However, the people who are really, really inventive, creative, individualistic, like, like you, I mean, you, you know, you, you're putting out ideas through your podcast every week. And so those ideas are, are valuable. 
And those ideas come from human beings. Those, those ideas don't just come from a computer program. And so ultimately, I'm working to help folks harness this tool so that they can, you know, there's, I think there's a perception that, that all communication is just going to turn to mush, right? And, you know, if you think about, okay, McDonald's and Burger King and, and uh, Carl's Jr., they, you know, Jack in the Box, they all took hamburgers and all these mom and pop hamburger stands in the 50s and 60s and 70s that went out of business. And now it's okay, well, it's McDonald's hamburgers, you know, anywhere you go, yes, it tastes the same. And yes, it tastes the same. And so there's the ability for ChatGPT to, for the masses, to reduce a lot of communication, whether it's a blog post or some sort of a, a post on social media, you say, oh, I've got this, I've got this uh, prompt, right? So for those of you who, who haven't yet ventured into ChatGPT, the way you have ChatGPT provide you a, a, a piece of content or an answer is you write a prompt or a question and you input that and then ChatGPT responds with an answer. And so if you say write a blog post or write an email, uh, and you're using the same crummy, crappy uh, prompt that everyone else is using, well, sure, you're going to get the same response that everyone else is getting. However, the people who are really creative and real thinkers and, and they're thinking outside the box, they're going to create their own prompts, prompt ChatGPT or BART or you know all the various possible generative AI models. It's going to prompt those models to come up with things that are beyond where that person was able to create just on their own. And so ultimately, all AI is going to help the creative be more creative and the individuals be more individuals. The arts, the artists be more artistic. And in, in terms of your audience, they can use it for communication with clients. They can use it with marketing and they can also use it for a very interesting, one of the coolest things that I've found with ChatGPT and AI is its ability to help think outside the box as a brainstorming engine. And so one of the first things I do is, you know, how many ever times a day I end up with a challenge or an issue, I think, how am I going to solve that? And I go to ChatGPT, I type in a, type in a prompt, and I say, how can I think outside the box in terms of this problem, challenge, or issue? And that helps me. It's like it's like sitting down with a group in a in a in a conference room and having all these various opinions and experience just right at my fingertips with the ability to really think outside the box in terms of an answer or an approach that can help me get to a better place with whatever I've got going on. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for a wonderful podcast. Um for all the audience out there, Richard's resource will be in the links and show notes. And with that. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Absolutely, Chris. Well, listen, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and have a great one. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible, and without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.